Good to go. Perfect. All right. Ready for episode 38 in three, two, one. Hello and welcome to the Bite Size Gaming Podcast, the podcast that's serving up a buffet of RPG topics to get you through your week. My name is Zach, and the host joining me this evening are Troy Sandlin and the Dwarven DM himself, John Christian. How are you fine fellas doing? Fantastic. Doing good. Happy doing, birthday, Troy. Doing uh, good. <laughs> yes, happy birthday again, Troy. Part two. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Electric Boogaloo. That's right. Uh, if you're listening to this episode uh, as a podcast uh, in a couple weeks, uh, go give Troy a happy birthday wish and surprise him all over again. Um, <laughs> weeks, the, the, the years fly by so fast. Uh, the happy birthday trickle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's something else at Troy's age. Um, <laughs> 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 oh my gosh okay. uh we are we're gonna do a special episode today um this is kind of gonna be we could call it an after dinner drinks but i don't know that it's actually gonna fit in our queue in that way um but it's gonna kind of be that sort of vein where we're not gonna do news at the beginning um and a big part of that is because we are covering uh the new subclass options in Tasha's and there are so many that even this episode is not going to be all encompassing. Um, we're going to get through them in this episode, but we're not going to cover each one. Um, but we really wanted to touch on them and some of the things that they're doing that are new with, with classes and subclasses and some of the highlights and some of the low points. Um, and so, We've all taken a chunk of these classes and we've um, made notes about what we felt was noteworthy. And we're going to dive into those and see how it goes. Uh, but we're going to try to get it done in a timely manner and, and feel like we actually uh, did what we set out to do. Um, let's start off with this, fellas. What... What's your overall impression of what you got, your section of this, of, of the subclasses? What was your overall impression that you came away with? Hmm. I mean, there's some good, some... Yeah. Yeah. That's Which the energy is... I like to see. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, it's, I felt a lot the same way about <laughs> Xanathar's Guide, too. You know, I mean... Really? Just... There's some good. I mean, not every single thing was an a, a out of out the park hit, right? It was. Yeah. There were some really good ones. There were some that I really loved, like uh, what is it, the Oath of Conquest Paladin? That was so mm -hmm. good. The Judge oh, Dread so Paladin, delightful, so delicious. Right. Yeah. Um, some of these were like some of these were like oh that's cool, that's cool. Mm -hmm. But I, I couldn't find one out of the four that I looked at. They just oh my god, I can't wait to play this. You know, mm -hmm. none, none of those, none of them struck me like that. Maybe I got like a, a bum batch in that, that yeah, last I got four. the bum batch. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's do this. Um, do you guys want to start off with positive or negative this time around? Uh, let's do negative. First. Okay. That sounds good to me. We'll start off uh, with that. So I think, uh, I think the easiest way to do this is not to go in order. Um, oh, okay. Here we go. All right. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> we'll we'll get to what we could get to why, right. but um, I think I think talking about the negative is probably the right way to do this. Um, so, what are the low? So each one of us took four. Troy took five because um, it's his birthday. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> Troy took five uh, different classes, and then we kind of reviewed those. Out of all your classes and all your subclasses, talk about the ones that just hit you at a low point. You could talk about the subclass in particular, or each one of the classes has optional class features now. And these are these apply to any of the subclasses available for the class. And they're like additional abilities that you can get at certain levels that add complexity or options to the class as a whole. Um, so, fellas, what's the lowest of the low that you saw, that you came across? Of, of the stuff that is just... Any of it. The, the plug-and-play. Oh. Yeah, any of plug it. The plug-and-play or the subclasses or any of it? Any of it. Any, any of, of it. it. All right. Yeah. 
one of the low points for me, I got, I, uh, in my batch was the fighter. Um, and they have a list of battle master builds. Okay. Um, it's, there's nothing new other than, other than what the new stuff that is brought to you in Tasha's, but it's, it's, I mean, it's interesting, but why did it need to be put in the book? It's, it's, they're just basically recipes on how to create. And they gave them oh. you know, interesting names. Like, you know, here's how to make a hoplite. Oh, okay. And you, you take this battle master, you know, ability here, this, this feat and, and this weapon, this fighting style and put it together and look, you have a hoplite. It's like, mm. okay. Oh, well, this is interesting. But I, I, you know, I could have done that myself. Or yeah, I, you know, I thought that Battlemaster, as it was stated, Battlemaster builds. I thought that it was going to be more maneuvers. I did too, and then I got to it, and it's like, nope, it's just which it needed. Yeah, it's just what, it's just take these now? take these maneuvers. Yeah, and I mean there there are new maneuvers. Um, in Tasha's. Okay. But okay. all of all of this Battlemaster builds is giving you ways to create a certain type of themed fighter. Which, I mean, again, it's interesting. It's it's kind of cool. But I didn't I didn't need that to be put in the book, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, like, okay, Archer. Fighting style, archery. Maneuvers, disarming strike, distracting strike, and precision attack. What feat do you want to take? You want to take sharpshooter. And now you can call yourself an archer. Yeah. It's like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, right. I could have I could have found that on Reddit somewhere. I could have found that so on Reddit. I could... Ultimate guide to, to fighters and then have like 15 different fighter builds. Right? No, I, I, yeah, I will say this. You know, if you're going to do something like this, DMs Guild authors out there, cool. You know, throw throw a bunch of these together, throw a dollar on it, and you might sell a few copies. Ooh, that's a burn. That is a sick burn, Troy. Oh, this is this this four pages is maybe worth one dollar of this book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that. It's like, you know it's, how much I value this at? One dollar. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, that's I pretty, mean, I, I, I there agree. are some that I never would have thought of. Yeah, but you know, whatever. Yeah. It's also like their half-baked attempt to give you more fighter archetype things that don't really work. Like, they've got a pugilist as a Battlemaster build. Like, and they also have a brawler. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, but that should be its own class, really, because yes. there's that... <sighs> All you're going to be taking is a whole bunch of grappling feats if you're a pugilist, and nobody wants that. That's not really what you want. Um, and tavern brawler. That's that's what you're going to end up with. We need something that's actually heft. So I agree. What else you guys got? See, the problem is I didn't have anything that stood out to me as like egregious thing that I hated. It was just a meh from mm. from some of the builds. More than anything, I was like, okay, there's there's nothing that was terrible about it. It was just either it was really situational. Um, very niche. I think you want to play that kind of thing, that kind of a that kind of a class or subclass, or if that's the way the route you want to take with the A class, then okay, I can see it. But there were like I'd say about like a good forty to fifty percent of the ones that I saw, about half of them were just it's not something I would play. It's just mm-hmm. kind of boring. I'll I'll throw out one then because we'll get we'll go we'll do middle of the road here in a minute, the mass stuff. Um I'm going to throw out one that kind of got me frustrated. Um, the Wild Magic Barbarian. We saw that in the Unearthed Arcana. It is not good. It is not good. It is a bad design, in my opinion. It it's good. it's blah. If you read like the flavor for it, it doesn't mm-hmm. do anything that for at least for me. Um, it its main like a beginning ability is just an enhanced detect magic. 
And it that to me as a wild magic barbarian, the ability to sense magical objects within sixty feet through walls and everything as like a third level thing is so weirdly out of place. Um it I mean, I get it that you're in tune to the magic weaves and yada yada yada, but that's not what that class is presenting as like a artifact hunter. You're you're still a barbarian and you're still you know, the magic is throwing flowing through you in chaotic ways. Um I, I don't understand that. I don't understand the random table. I don't think that that, to me, that doesn't scream fun. The idea that part of your attack, part of your build is always going to be random up until like 14th level. Um, you have no say in certain things that happen. To me, at least with like a, uh, a sorcerer, right? Like a wild magic sorcerer, the when the wild magic surges happen, they're fun and you're doing crazy things and uh they don't really negate the thing that you're currently doing right like i'm going to get advantage on this spell and in return something later might be crazy here it's i'm trading off where other subclasses in barbarian are going to get damage extra damage or extra resistances or whatever i'm getting a random effect i don't like that i think it I don't, I don't think that's good design for what the class is meant to be. Um, there's D3 dice introduced in this subclass, mm -hmm. which I think is pointless. Why not just do a D4 and call it good? But they want you to roll D3s everywhere, or at least in a couple places. Um, only at 10th level. 10th and 14th does it start to get a little bit more reasonable. But most campaigns end before 10th level. Mm -hmm. So for most of the people i just think this is a weird class it's 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 something that maybe the maybe on as an idea sounds fun and maybe the idea of a wild magic or a wild surge barbarian is fun but as it's presented here i i don't see i i, I don't see people uh coming to the table with this and playing it for 10 levels and enjoying what they have going on so I, uh, that's fine up there. I'm reading through the the like the little flavor of what the path of wild magic is, and it. I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah, it's. I, I don't know. I, this is not know, what I expected when I heard wild magic barbarian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's its own beast, um, it's and uh, well. You know, maybe if, if somebody's played one and they absolutely loved it for multiple levels, I'd love to hear that because I want to hear what you got out of it. Um, but for me and right now, I think uh, I think that's a hard pass. Yeah. Um, and I would I would honestly I'm at the point where if somebody came to my table asking about playing this in a campaign, I would steer them away from it. Much like I would steer them away from a champion fighter or a berserker barbarian because I'm going to say at the end of the day, you're going to get bored with this or you're going to get frustrated by it. Mm hmm. And that's just, you know, I might be wrong, but that's where I'm at. I think I've got one that is like an overall, I hate to use, say the complaint, maybe it's, uh, I'm confused by the direction they went in it, and that is psionics. Mm -hmm. Why not just go ahead and create a class that was psionic yes. based and then branch all of your subclasses off of that as opposed to shoehorning in soul knife, psionic yeah. sorcerer, like with the, with the aberrant mind, psionic spells, things like that, like I just don't understand why they went in that direction. Whenever we've seen iterations of the UA that have had a full-blown a class that's fleshed out for for psionics, yep. I'm not. I'm still confused as to why they did that. Uh, I I still think, or at least hope, that there will be a psionicist class, and it will be something you know different. Mm -hmm. everything else but but i kind of i i get the you know the the psi warrior and and that it's it's kind of like along the same lines as an eldritch knight mm -hmm. you know you have mm -hmm. that fighter that has dipped their toe into psionics and so they become a psi warrior or the what's the rogue one the soul knife you know that kind of thing you, you you have those other for the different classes i get that um, yeah, I kind of hope or wish there was a 14th class 
And that's well, just a straight sign assist. It's kind of when you when you couple it with an existing class, you couple it with the mechanical framework of that class, right? Instead of having its own like artificers are their own thing. They mm-hmm. they 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 uh, they operate under a different kind of like not a set of rules necessarily, but a, a different mechanic than the others. Whereas Soul Knife, like it's just another rogue. It's not. It's psionic, but it's just like the flavor is psionic. All they did is they applied psionic energy dice, or da da da, right? As opposed to some kind of a core mechanic for that class that they're bringing in to create this to, to sublimate it. You know, at least the the thing I'll say for them is at least what they didn't do is say, oh, here's a whole bunch of spells that you get for this subclass that have a psionic right. feel and it's innate spell casting. Boom, there you go. Because at, they. The good news is they steered away from this being a quote-unquote spellcaster, and that is the right call. Because as soon as you start using the words and the verbiage of spell in right. a psionics-based character build, it's not psionics. It's just yep. a it's just mind magic. spellcaster. Yeah. So um, I agree with you, John. I am glad that we didn't get one that's like, here's a here's soul knife, rogue with mage hand, and blah, 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 blah. And oh, yeah, that's yep. psionics for 5th edition. Yeah, little, yeah. Little hope here. Like I said, I'm hoping. I'm hoping that uh, when, fingers crossed, when when Dark Sun gets released, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that there is a psionic, a psionicist class, and right. these are just the offshoots that cover those people that have mixed psionics with their other abilities of fighter, uh, which is I find it I also kind of find it odd though that if you're gonna have a psionic fighter, uh, rogue, and sorcerer, basically, I guess. Mm-hmm. Why don't you have a... Why didn't they give us a psionic barbarian? I'd, I'd rather had that than the wild magic. Or even a cleric, the mystic. Yeah, the a mystic. mystic. Um, yep. Yeah. It's, a, it's an odd or even combination. A shaman. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess it wouldn't be a shaman, but I'm like, <clears throat> it's one of those things, right? So it's... It it is odd that they decided to, to divest it into other classes as opposed to giving it its own unique flavor when it is such a unique aspect of the game. The mentalist, right? The like the, the psionicist is not magic, right? It is, and a soul knife is not just it's not just somebody that can make a lightsaber shoot out of their hand like Psylocke. There's more that goes to it than that, right? Yeah, and so. Yeah, I think I feel like it was a miss, and I'm confused by the direction they went with it. Though it's not like a full-fledged complaint. There is an mm-hmm. implication that they cannot figure out psionics for five E because they let right. go of the mystic, and there's been no discussion about a new class since or during the artificer's construction. So we right. have six years with one new class, and they've kind of dropped everything else. Uh, there's this idea that they can't find a way to balance a new class. And that's weird to me, but yeah, I mean, guess you've got that, twelve I mean, other classes. You've got twelve. You have thirteen classes. How can you not create another one that's ba- that's balanced? Right? Especially when you've got, I mean, how many different versions of a psionicist are out there mm-hmm. on DM's Guild alone? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or yeah. you know, look at uh, Espergenesis or yeah. Dark Matter, or I mean, how many Find other third party? Yeah. Things are out there that have psionicists. Yeah, maybe they see other people doing it, and they can't. They don't want to seem like they've they've copied what other people have done, you know, or be, be know. accused of it. It's like, oh, Esper Genesis, Genesis did that already. I see what you're doing there, Watsy. And the people, maybe it came out too quickly. I don't know. And it's not just psionics. I mean, like, there are other. Like I'm, I am so really surprised that we've only had one. To your point, Zach, one new class in six years. One. Yeah. I don't really see that as a, a as weird though. I mean, what other classes do you need? Well, need, I'm not saying no. that we yeah, need. Fair. No, no. Yeah, fair. don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> yeah. I, you go to you can go to the four E well, and they've had like other classes oh, that are now. I'm not saying that we go to four E well. No, Pathfinder will. Because I I would love to have an an Inquisitor or a Summoner. I want a Summoner. Um, Yeah, yeah. Okay, but are those classes or are those subclasses? Summoner. I would would say Summoner flat out. Yeah. And I would argue for Inquisitor too. That's another discussion, but I could could 
I will stand by my <laughs> Inquisitor being its own class. Mainly because of the spell list. Mainly because of the spell list. Because um, Inquisitor should feel like a ranger, but have a different, but have the spell list of a paladin. Well, I mean, well, nobody uh, will expect it. Yeah, but nobody expects the right D and D Inquisition. That's right. Oh my gosh! <laughs> All right, let's move on. Hey, John. Uh, High five, yeah. man. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well, let's move one step up the ladder. Oh. Um, so we did kind of the the leave a bad taste in your mouth stuff. Let's talk about the blah, the the tasteless stuff. Oh yeah, um, got one of those. And and we'll we'll cap things off at the end with some the stuff that just really blew us away that we really liked. Um, I think that there's plenty in the mass section here. Mm-hmm. To be fair, um, I'll go ahead and throw out mine because it can be really one of mine because it's really short. The cleric, uh, uh, Twilight Domain is blah meh the whole way through in my opinion do they sparkle (laughs) no um cleric twilight domain is claims it is this idea of clerics who stand on the edge of darkness in that calm quiet and they kind of embody that space but in reality it's a darkness-based cleric. They get a, a they get a super duper dark vision that goes out to three hundred feet. Whoa! Um, yeah, and they can give it to somebody else um, as part of their whatever. Uh, they um, they can bamf. Uh, they can fly when they're in dim light or darkness for a minute. Like it's it's very much a night dark slash based cleric class and I didn't see anything in there that got me really excited and then the Twilight Domain like what god is part of this Twilight Domain and they kind of throw out some ideas and maybe maybe you guys would look at it and be like oh obviously that makes sense but they put Helm in there and I'm like I don't really see Helm being a Twilight Domain Twilight? yeah and uh, Saloon Saloon which is yeah Luke. okay I get that but not yeah, Illmater but, or Helm no yeah yeah I to me, this felt like they had a cool name, like a Twilight Domain. Like, yeah, that sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Cleric of Twilight. Like, that's a cool name. But in practice, it just fell blah. I mean, and even the even in the class, the the domain spells is like moon. Like, it's all over the place. Fairy fire, moonbeam, sea invisibility, aura of vitality, tiny hut. Are of life, greater invisibility, circle of power, mislead. I don't know what this what this class is trying to do, and this is this is meh. I'm not angry. I'm just like I don't I don't see this. Like if somebody wants to play this, be my guest. I'm not gonna be upset about it, but I don't see it. So there's one. It definitely looks like they've had to shoehorn things in in order to make it to make it fit the narrative of the yeah. like when you but like. Dragon, like you know, Dragonlance, right? Mishakel is mm-hmm. that's healing. That's her domain, right? Yeah. Healing or peace are the two for Mishakel, hundred percent. Now, if they're going for like, if Twilight is supposed to be some like Serenity, or yeah. like the calm of dawn or of dusk, maybe I guess. But I mean, again, it's like wh- I think for me, it's what is this thing trying to be? Really? Yeah, it's yeah. all over the map. You know, like to your point, it's a really cool name. But it has no, it's not yeah. rooted in anything. Yeah. When the other two clerics that you get in this book are order and peace, which make a lot of sense to be domains, like mm-hmm. cleric order of, you know, whatever, like like order, perfect sense, peace, perfect sense. And and the mechanics for them are both fine. Then you get to this and you're like, oh, this is new and interesting. No, not really. It's <laughs> blah. I think it is hilarious, though, by the way, that peace, the example deity in Dragonlance is Paladine and his domain in the PHB is war. He's war and peace. I'm like, hmm. have you even read the books, my friend? Nobody, nobody's read War and Peace, man. No, no, yeah. War or Peace, either one. Yes. Uh, what else do we find, Ma? Meh. Blah. Oh, John, you want to you want to take it? Uh, take the next well, I kind of already gave mine, right? But mine okay. was like oh, just the. Right. A... You didn't go bottom of the barrel. You started out at meh. I started at meh, hundred percent. Uh, Paladin. In general. Period. Both of them. 
Oath of mm. to me, reading the Oath of Glory, I hated the guy. I don't even know who the paladin is, but I hate the guy. <laughs> he, he, he's he's the annoying uh, superstar athlete that is an absolute wang rod in interviews. It's, it's the paladin jock. Yes, that's exactly what it is. It's I mean. There's nothing about this that makes me ever want to play one, nor let one in a game of mine. I've got one in a game. A, a Paladin of uh, Glory? I do. Uh, they they, uh, they grab the UA build, um, and they're playing it in my Frostmaiden game. Uh, and they are playing it like you just described. It's a lot of fun because they're playing it as a dwarf. Um I mean, but... yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it could be fun as to if you want to play that. Over the top, up, but yeah, I'm just like, yeah. to like me, as depicted, yeah, yeah, as depict as depicted. It to me, it's more like an NPC. This this should be like the 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 Lord Bucket that you meet, you know, kind of a thing. Um, and uh, the Oath of the Watchers. It's Green Lantern. Mm. It's it's very. I mean, this is one of those things where, unless your campaign revolves around the potential threats from from beyond the in the astral sea and stuff like that why are you going to play one of these things because mm -hmm. it's it's green lantern um because because green lantern man you could get you could be hal jordan or even better the better lantern sorry i'm gonna nerd out for a second it's john stewart john stewart oh yeah yeah the 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 supreme lantern as it were but i, <laughs> I can but, see I mean, that i can see them like the like the like that's their their shtick is like preventing Celestia, not was like extra planar incursion. Yeah, and, and kind of. Yeah. But and and if you're and if the DM is not planning on doing that, then your your character. I mean, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna run, you know, uh, Rise of Tiamat. Mm. Oh, I'm gonna play uh, Oath of the Watchers. You're gonna be bored. Oh. Yeah. Mm. What 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 modules what what hardcovers are out there that this would be perfectly suited for? Not very uh, many. Well, it would be, well, I mean, like, what, Avernus? Or Baldur's Gate Avernus? And then maybe uh, Out of the Abyss? No, because right? it's not planar. It's it's astral. It is oh, it's stuff. That, oh, it's all astral. I got yeah, you. it's threats from beyond. You know, it's mm. that whole... Deep space. That's what I'm saying. This is this is a Green Lantern to a T. He's, he's mm. ready for those um, things from beyond the stars to come through. I mean, it's a, it's a cool idea, but it's so niche. That, I also, you know, I noticed something looking at the uh, Paladin description, the the Oath of Watchers description. They say you can use your channel divinity to invest your presence with the warding power of your faith. And I was like, I was pretty sure that they nixed the whole idea of Paladins being tied to faith at this point. Um, it's mm -hmm. all just oaths and tenants and whatever, and yeah. not not. Yeah, because that's what faith. I was thinking too. It's like, what what deity are you worshiping? That has put you on the path of being the uh, the last light of defense against astral dreadnoughts and things like that. Yeah, I would love I would love to play in a campaign where this this paladin was cool. Oh yeah, like, oh definitely. Sign me up for that campaign if that's what you're if that's what they're leading up to, and you know the next book hardcover adventure that they put out is this. Oh, I think we'll 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 change our tune to. To this subclass pretty quick yeah i find i find that and to me th that what we just what we just talked about is the problem with a lot of the subclasses that we've seen in all the books where new subclasses are are given sure they're too niche or too right. general but yeah yeah they're, well, I that, mean, that was at least with general i can take it and okay we can kind of yeah. add some stuff but yeah, I'm a, I'm Oath of the Watchers. I am I am waiting for the astral sea to open up and vomit upon us, and we're not even in that module. Okay, dude, you're in uh, Undermountain. When's that gonna happen? Yeah. It's like, hmm. <laughs> okay, we're play we're we're, yeah, we're, in a, we're in a two year dungeon crawl. <laughs> that could actually be the only one that this fits. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, because there's a lot yeah. of stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, to your like the, you're ta you talking about like the niche stuff, right? The fathomless sorcerer uh, 
a class path where it's it centers around aquatic adventures, right? Mm-hmm. If you if you're playing like a, a seafaring campaign or with piracy or anything like that, it'd be a really good one to play. But otherwise, as soon as you hit land, the efficiency of your of your your character drops by like half, right? Because like yeah. it's it's so uh, it's geared so much towards one like a one trick for the. So player. you're Aquaman. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, don't you say that about Jason Momoa, man. Did I say Jason Momoa? <laughs> he's a, he's anybody a cool guy, out there, Aquaman. anybody anybody in the stream, did I say Jason Momoa? No, I he said... He is Aquaman. I said Aquaman. <laughs> all right, so uh, you can send all of your hate mail to my DM. Talk suck to fish. You know, that kind of <laughs> uh, let's, let's move on. Let's steer away from this conflict. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it's healthy conflict. Oh, wait, wait, really quick. I want to say one more thing about the, uh, the, the Ori, uh, Oath of Glory. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is Gaston from uh, Oh yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna yeah. play that. You're gonna sit down and play that guy in a campaign. Every to get large. Ain't nobody, uh. ain't nobody at your table gonna like you. Yeah. Uh, exactly. I'll I'll throw out a couple quick ones. Um, the Bard College of Creation steps on the transmuter wizard's toes all mm. the time. It is it is a retread. So it's man, it's fine if you don't want to play wizard, but you want to play a bard, I guess. Um, and then the cleric. Uh, the order domain, um, and I'm just decided that clerics are bad builds at this point uh, from Watsi or from Cobalt Press. Even they, they, they are intent pretty much on not, um, not doing anything new. Like they're they are they are stalwart in being plain. With the cleric domains, even really cool ideas get meh mechanics. Um, a great example is this order domain. Great flavor, blah mechanics. Order of peace. The only thing it has going for it that's interesting is they steal bardic inspiration from the bard, pretty much whole cloth, and call it emboldening bond, and give it to them. <laughs> it's exactly the same. You give them a d4, so it's a little bit worse. And they have 10 minutes to use it, and they can use it on the same stuff as Bardic Inspiration. Hmm. It's, it's, and you use your channel uh, divinity. Um, but I'm like, man, do something new with this freaking subclass. It is so... Uh, I, I don't know when the last time I read a subclass, it was a uh, cleric subclass, and was like, that's amazing. That's cool. Um, it's just like, oh yeah, they, here's a reskin of flavor text on like oh we're gonna change divine what is it um is it divine strike that they get at eighth level or whatever um yeah that's what it is that's the name of it um and they if just it's not, changed you said it's, it's yeah it's whatever it is it's the one where you get a d8 extra radiant damage yeah right and and it's like the thing that they think is new and ingenious every time is like oh no now it's cold damage that d8 is cold damage and you're like I could have done that. <laughs> Like that's groundbreaking. Like, oh my gosh! Like, just at this point, just say cleric. All subclasses, just pick your their damage, like your yeah. damage type, and you're good to go. Um, yeah, we need something new with the cleric. It's all meh. It's all fine, but it's all meh. Um, so let's talk about new cool stuff because I'm tired of talking about honestly. I, I there's a lot of cool stuff in here too. There's a lot of cool stuff, right? Yeah. Um, and I don't I don't like. I'm glad that we chose to end on on the cool stuff because there are some insane things lurking in the corners of this mm-hmm. book. Mm-hmm. Troy, you're nodding and agreeing. What did you find that you were like, oh, man, this? Uh, well, I mean, like most people out there that are in our, our, our uh, circle of influence, I mean, I guess we maybe have circle of influence. I don't know. Are you an influencer? No, I'm a bad one. I'm a bad influencer. Um, we all probably are watching Mandalorian, right? Sure. And and again, I know it's it's kind of cheesy, but uh, you know the fighter the fighter uh, has a Jedi now, the Psy Warrior. It's mm-hmm. and that's hands down that is what it is. Yep. So you want to be a Jedi, Psy Warrior? There you go. Yep. Um. And People might be like, oh, great. But no, I read through it. I read the powers. And it's like I'm watching 
I'm watching Clone Wars, the cartoon, you know, and it's like, yeah, this is, you know, I'm jumping around, I'm, I'm tossing people, I'm bringing down, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's just, if you want that kind of feeling, you got it. Is it, is it groundbreaking? No, but it sounded pretty fun. Just, mm-hmm. just reading through it. Um, the Rune Knight. I enjoyed that one. Um, to me, I, I think the one thing that, that I don't care for as far as the Rune Knight goes is that it's giant flavored. Mm-hmm. I, I wish it was dwarven flavored or at least give yep. me both. Here, yeah. Because, I mean, to me, the dwarves probably learned it from the giants. I get it. But maybe change dwarves, never, dwarves don't have anything interesting in and of themselves. <laughs> dwarves kind dwarves of never do anything blah. new. Um, do, do stuff. Anything that they have that's interesting, they stole from someone else. I think is what we can all agree. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, as as before with the You're the mess, you know, all all the stuff that in here for paladins was meh to me. All the mm-hmm. stuff in here for druids was sounds pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, the circle spore of the spore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we we have a, a very good example of something like that. In our culture right now, Kadusha's clay on Critical Role. Yeah. Um. But there, I mean, the the powers and the abilities in as described, you can you can go either. I'm a very happy-go-lucky and positive Kadusha's clay type, or you can be creepy and dark. Um, these would make a great bad guy druid. Mm-hmm. Circle of the Stars to me, just has some seriously cool flavor. They're taking wild shape. Um, the, the the neat things about these druids is they're taking their wild shape ability and, and changing it so you're not stuck with the druids that are always turning into, into bears and stuff all the time. Circle of the Stars, they turn into a being of, of pure light. That's cool. And their body becomes covered in constellations. And depending on what constellation manifests, gives you the ability to do things. Hmm. And it's yeah. So like the the examples that are given: uh, archer, the chalice, or the dragon. The archer it allows you to hurl uh, like bolts of light. Mm-hmm. Uh, the chalice is is healing, and the dragon is like wisdom and knowledge. And so you kind of like. From the from the stars and constellations, you're pulling these abilities in, and I want somebody out there to jump on DM's guild and give me more constellations. That's cool because yeah, that would be like awesome. That. The circle of wildfire, you you get a uh, you you get a, a companion, mm-hmm. and it is a it is a creature of fire. It can be like a almost like a, a, a treant running around that's on fire or a, a fox made of flame or whatever. And it's all about destruction and creation. It's both. Mm-hmm. So with these different abilities, you know, there's one that you create a bonfire kind of a thing. When a foe drops, you, you they burst into flames. If a bad guy gets close to it, you could... And damage the bad guy or if a friend is hurt and gets close to it the healing flames jump out and help you know it's just they're it's a neat they're neat ideas they're they're fun they're different um ideas to to finally maybe get somebody to play something besides a moon druid (laughs) i mean Mm. moon druids are badass i get it are you sure i don't know i don't know if i buy yeah (laughs) Every, I mean, playing AL or running games for AL, almost every druid that comes across your table, moon druid. Yep, yep. It's very rare to see anything else. I agree. So this gives, this gives it uh, the possibility of of seeing some new and fun uh, druids coming across your table. I think. Hmm. Now, John, you had um, the rogue, the sorcerer, the warlock, and the wizard. I did. There are a lot of interesting names there, and I intentionally did not go in and like read the mechanics but i have high hopes for uh for your like batch of classes tell me that there's something really interesting 
lying in wait. There. I probably have like the the weird stuff that I really I really enjoyed. It wasn't nece- necessarily something that was mechanical that was the thing that grabbed me, but more thematic. Um, like the winner of if people are gonna probably laugh at me or think I'm ridiculous. Order of Scribes Wizard seems mm-hmm. I would love to play that class because it's effectively your your book is like Jarvis. And your book will manifest itself in, in like a ghostly facial visage, and it'll talk. It'll you can use it for reference. It can help you. Uh, it'll essentially act like almost like a familiar, where you can cast your spells through it. Uh, you can move it around on the battlefield without it taking any damage, like a like a familiar would. Um, you can use it. You become like a, a master scrivener, where you can you ev- uh, after every long rest. You can create a new spell scroll, the first or second level, and it's just you always have that scroll on you. You can always cast from it. Uh, mm. It really just it, it revolves around the written word and the, the potency and the importance of the written word. Um, your spell book can help you remember magical lore. Once you hit level 14, um, you get advantage on all intelligence checks, arcana checks, uh, because you're, cool. you're you're you're. It's like essentially like a the little parrot over your shoulder that will help remind you recitations of different arcane lore um uh if you take damage while your spell books spell books mind is manifested you can prevent all the damage to you by using your reaction to dismiss the spectral mind uh using its magic to save yourself so it's almost like you can mm-hmm. use it as a shield if need be uh, it will it'll mm-hmm. kind of interpose itself with uh between you and your foe and the damage that's being dealt to you so from a just from a flavor perspective that's fun Right, I'm not really worried about doing a, a a ton of damage or how effective the, that is in combat, but in RP, there's a there's a lot of mileage there in that in that class. I mean, we've got the re the rehash of the Blade Singer, which they didn't really make a lot of to me fundamentally helpful changes to the Blade Singer, but it's it's a good it's a it's a useful class for for some. Um, the Rogue, the one that stood out to me was the Phantom which is uh, a rogue that is touched supernaturally by death uh, and um, like echoes of the grave. It takes up like tokens of people that it's killed, either trophy pieces or people that he's, they've seen die in their presence, friends, comrades, NPCs, and they can use that trinket that they, that they take from, uh, from them to do um, additional damage, different kinds of, of uh, use their sneak attack um, class feature for different stuff. So uh, I, I always love like the ghostly uh, macabre um, like a, like a feature or like a, a theme and a, a iconography and, and stuff like that. So I, I liked that with, uh, with the, the rogue, uh, some of the stuff that it does to in particular, let's see here. Um, uh, Whispers of the dead. Whenever you finish a short or long rest, you can choose one skill or tool proficiency that you lack, and you gain it. So you essentially speak with the dead, and they teach you how to use that thing, and then you can interchange it um, hmm. with every short and long rest if you need to. So you, if you need to pick up, um, you know, more information about uh, uh, the arcane, then you'll reach out into the, the uh, into the supernatural realm or into the ghostly realm, and you'll speak to someone. Have like a you could. From a flavor perspective, it's a, a seance or you open yourself up to the dead and they speak to you and you can actually, you can use those skills that you've gained from them. Um, the other one was Whales from the Grave where you're able to use your sneak attack damage to, uh, you can use your sneak attack dice not only for the, the creature that you strike, but others that are within 30, 30 feet of you. Uh, and then that even gets beefed up later on down the line uh, in uh, Death's Friend where uh, when you use your wells from the grave, you deal necrotic damage to both the first and the second creature. So now you're oh, wow. doing more damage on the first, and you're doing something, uh, da- doing damage to other creatures. Uh, there's no save that's involved hmm. in it. So pretty neat stuff. Again, going back to like the meh thing, like the soul knife. Okay, whatever. It didn't really do a whole lot for me. Um, the uh, clockwork soul was probably the one that was the standout for me in uh, for the sorcerer. Um, it's it's essentially like. Um, the power cosmic is mm-hmm. what, what I, mm-hmm. the way that I looked at it. The power cosmic in, in Marvel is like a, you're a cosmic mage or a cosmic sorcerer. Pretty cool. Uh, all right. about law and order. So those are the ones that really stood out to me uh, among the ones that I looked at. There wasn't really anything in, in Warlock that uh, blew my yeah. mind. I will say that just from an overall perspective, not necessarily anything uh, specific to a class, but optional class features 
at first. I kind of squinted my eyes at him like, mm, what are you trying to do here? They're, the features are actually pretty pretty solid. They're not game-breaking. They're not mechanically cumbersome. For a lot of these, I got you know I got the spellcasters end of the of the spectrum over here. So a lot of these were adding spells to their class lists. That's cool. Yeah, they, the spells make sense. So yeah, it makes sense. They it's expansive. They've got some additional features that are incorporated into it too. Um, the rogue gets as, as in you know the rogue is all about using that bonus action to dash hide um, and disengage. Well now they can also use a bonus action. <clears throat> to steady aim where on their turn bonus action first and then the next attack that they they perform or action that they use to attack that first attack has advantage every single time and then their their movement becomes zero so it's essentially like a sniper or like a they're you're gauging that attack yeah. uh, before you actually do it but i mean it's every single turn you can hmm. bonus action advantage sneak attack every single turn. So you that's will what, always be able to set yourself. That's up. what we need. We need more rogue subclasses that do just astronomical shit tons of damage <laughs> straight out of the gate with with no, you know, yeah. recourse like well, this is like, you know, like blade singers the... and assassins. You know, so we need more. Oh yeah, there's right. I'll note uh, before we move off yours that um, there is something really cool in the warlock that I, I want to draw attention to. There's okay. a new pact. There's a new pact. Pact of the Talisman. Yes. Um, I think anytime anytime we get a new pact, which is super rare, um, but anytime we get a new pact option is a big deal for a warlock because it affects all the subclasses. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it adds that extra t- extra branch on the warlock tree. So. Uh, Pal- Pact of the Talisman. It's kind of cool. I, I, we don't have to get into the mechanics, but having an, another one is, is is a surefire way to get me excited. So Cool. Um, I have a couple that I'll throw out here real quick. Um, I had a lot of meh, but I had a couple that really shone. Um, the College of... Okay, so real quick. Um, I'm, I neglected to say earlier, but... I have a player who is just getting to start playing the Way of Mercy Monk, Troy. Uh, I was going to talk games. about that, too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's well, interesting. It is interesting. A healing subclass for Monk is... Kind, yeah. Yeah. Kind it's of. interesting. Kind the of. Mr. Yeah. Miyagi of Monks. Kind of. It's... Yeah. Yeah. It's way more... Well, go ahead, Zach. You do your thing. Well... we'll... We'll come back to yeah, that. we can come back to it or whatever. I I just wanted to point out that I do like that monk class a lot, and I, I I found it interesting in a way that I don't often find monk classes interesting. Um, yeah. Um, but I also have a Bard College of Eloquence uh, player who is now fifth level, I think, um, and that is a cool class. Um, I love bards in general. I think this class is well flavored. Uh, and it has an insane third level ability. Stupid powerful. It's called Silver Tongue. You are master at saying the right thing at the right time. When you make a persuasion check or a deception check, either one, you don't pick one, just for both of those, you can treat a d20 roll of 9 or lower as a 10. Every time. You cannot roll lower than a 10 with persuasion or deception. I had a third level uh, uh, bard who could not roll below an 18. Didn't we just complain about passive perception being like that? And passive, uh, what is it, investigation? Yeah. Yeah. It's nuts. Um, yeah. Well, good for him because he's a good role. He, he does good at the the role play and the, the, you know, having the words of eloquence, having a silver tongue. So... I don't get upset with him getting it, but like he rolled a two and was like 18. <laughs> I was like, how, how is that possible? Oh, well, I can't get below an 18. All right, that's fine. <laughs> uh, let's move on. Uh, you're never going to fail <laughs> at this point. Like if there's any chance of persuading or deceiving the creature, you're never going to fail. Right um, there, right there. What you said, is key to all the yeah. DMs out there yeah. that, that might be listening ever. If there's a chance, there has yeah. to be a chance. Yep. Yep. Just because they, last... they roll well does not mean it succeeds. 
Yeah, the last the last uh, adventure that we played, he got an eighteen, and he was persuading someone um, uh, high on an enemy stronghold. He was trying to persuade them uh, to be allies. He rolled a natural eighteen plus eight at like fourth level, right? Twenty six, <laughs> and uh, and I'm like, nope, doesn't work, because <laughs> there's there's no roll that you can make. Yeah. And and he was fine with that. that you know, he's good, great player. Um, but, um, yeah, nuts class. Um, and I really like the flavor. I like how it's all built. Um, there's another great thing at sixth level where, if you give someone a bardic inspiration dice and they use it and still fail, they keep the bardic inspiration dice. So they use it until they until it's successful, which I think is really interesting. Um, probably a little bit nuts compared to the other bards, but um, all, all I'm all I'm hearing is more reasons to hate bards. Yeah, I mean, I that's all say, I'm hearing. Is, these are these are not good reasons for. <laughs> for all I'm hearing, man. Jeez. Um, bards. I didn't find anything of note to say at all about the artificer's new one, um, the armorer, but I did find um, <laughs> in the second barbarian class that we're going to talk about. Um, so we talked about wild magic being on the low end of things. I really like the Path of the Beast, which is like their lycanthrope barbarian. It's like it's about time, because uh, that Ooh. is a that is a perfect marriage, um, and it's really well done. It does exactly what you think it's going to do. It just does it right. Like you get a bite, of, you get a pick when you go into a rage. Do you get a bite, a claw, or a tail attack? Right, and then later on, do you? Do you um uh you can you can do some other things. Uh you can get a swim speed or a climb speed, blah blah blah. Right? Like it's exactly what you think it is for the most part, but it's done really well in a way that I find intriguing in a way that and, and that's I don't find most barbarians intriguing at this point. Um two really interesting things that it does. It's fourteenth level ability, capstone ability for it. It's called Call the Hunt. Um, the beast within you grows so powerful that you can spread its ferocity to others and gain resilience from them joining the hunt. I love that flavor. I love that flavor. That your crew, your party, is now your pack. When you enter your raid, you choose a number of willing creatures that you can see within 30 feet, equal to your constitution modifier. You gain five temporary hit points for each creature that accepts this feature. So let's say that you picked five five party members, you would get 25 temporary hit points. Until the rage ends, the chosen creatures also each gain the use uh, of the following benefit once on each of their turns. When a creature when the creature hits a target with an attack roll and deals damage to it, they can roll a d6 and add that as bonus damage. So you get 25 or however many hit points and everybody's rolling once around they're dealing extra d6 damage on a hit not a lot but that adds up over time right if all five people hit that's an extra 5d6 damage uh five, you know a little less than a fireball but it's just kind of cool i like the flavor i like the feel i think it makes sense it's good um and you can do that a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus uh per long rest so you could do that you know a bunch during a day. Um, the other thing that is nuts, and uh, I see my wife's walking through here at the moment, and this pertains to her. She used to play a barbarian a long time ago. She used to play a barbarian uh, old woman named Midge. And Midge got blessed by a crocodile god person at some point and was granted a crocodile tail. This old woman barbarian croon with a bar with a crocodile tail um and it was a lot of fun we had a lot of fun with that uh you can do that now and get a tail and the tail is insane it does a d8 bludgeoning damage and it has the reach property 10 feet and if a creature within 10 feet of you hits you with an attack roll, you can use your reaction to swipe your tail and roll a d8, applying it as a bonus to your AC, potentially causing the attack to miss you. So, and there is no cap on that. You can do it every round. 
How's your reaction? Just, oh, my AC goes up by a D8. Oh, my AC goes up by a D8. Oh, man. Like, what is, going, what is going on with the tail that does a D8, has reach, and just like a like on average it's about the same as shield right like it's like having a mm -hmm. use of shield for one hit every round and that starts at third level y'all that's gonna be something that your barbarian take puts in their pocket and pulls out every combat Ugh. for for an entire campaign like there's there's not a combat that they're not going to use that Eight, why not roll the d8 there's going to be very few hits that aren't within a d8 of missing that's crazy. That is Isn't crazy. it crazy? Isn't it crazy? Like, I find it odd that it does piercing damage though. Uh, it, Instead of bludgeoning. It, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a lashing spiny tail is what it says. But what? Yeah. yeah well, what if it's a crocodile tail? Those aren't. I agree. You know. I agree. Um, I think I it should think be like. I think they should make it. Your choice. Either. Yeah. yeah. Make it your choice. What is it? Well, and also most tails in the monster manual in creatures do bludgeoning. Almost yeah. all tails. Only if they have a stinger would they do piercing. Yeah, well, are you are you like a lycanthrope, uh, lycanthropic uh, manticore? I don't know. Uh, I mean... Yeah. Anyhow, uh, I would be fascinated to see that. I would love to play that like once or twice just to kind of prove out my theory that it's going to be hella broken. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, like, oh, yeah, this class that already has a ridiculous amount of hit points and is impossible to bring down, let's let's let them bump up their AC by eight sometimes. Why not? Uh, why not? Why uh, not? You know, the, uh, the Barbarian on Critical Role, who is not the most meta of players, has an AC of, what, 17 or 18 now? Mm -hmm. With a couple little magic items. So now you're talking about you know, and they're 12th level, so now you're talking about AC 18 plus a D8. Well, never target your Barbarian uh, with your boss's big hammer, you know, like. Yeah. It's pointless. It's pointless. Uh, so anyhow. Just, just, you know, wisdom wisdom saves. Wisdom saves. Yeah. yeah intelligence saves. Intelligence saves. Yep. Something. Saves. Yep. Uh, anyhow, I, I did like that one a lot. Um and I think it's good flavor. I think that the, the, the subclass concept is something that we should have had probably in the very first book. Like the marriage of lycanthrope, beasts, and barbarian yeah. is, is very natural. Mm -hmm. um, so two thumbs up from me on this one. Anything else, fellas, as we're getting close to the end here, anything else that we really want to draw attention to on these? Unless you want to talk about that way of mercy monk. And I find it yeah. interesting because you, uh, John, you said that uh, what was it? The uh, the order of scribes was like mm -hmm. having a Jarvis. Mm -hmm. The to me, uh, way of the astral self for the monk mm -hmm. is kind of like being War Machine. Okay. If, if you know to draw that kind of parallel, because you're you're drawing. Uh, from your astral self, uh, like extra arms that come out or, uh, a head that does, you know, that, that intimidates. And then eventually you get the entire body and then you can do all of them together. So it's almost like you're wrapping yourself in this like astral, uh, mech armor almost. Kind of like to... a summoner, kind of like a summoner, uh, kind... from, uh, because the, there was an Eidolon uh, summoner yeah. that fit around you like a exoskeleton. And yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it's like reading that, I'm thinking, man, there's different ways you could uh, you could flavor that. Like it's ancestors. You're, you're calling you're calling forth your ancestors, and they're appearing and fighting for you because you can hit like multiple foes now instead mm -hmm. of just the, the guy that you're fighting. Um, some kind of a some exoskeleton armor. Um, yeah. becoming a different creature or drawing creature, you know, all different kinds of ways. I did think that um, the way of mercy, the thing that I found odd about it is that you have to pick a mask, mm -hmm. a special mask called a merciful mask that you wear that does nothing. Am I right in saying that it does nothing? It's it, yeah, just basically. flavor. It's just flavor. Um, it, it's just flavor. Um, you pick what your mask looks like. 
Um, I think that's cool. It just kind of came out of left field. I don't know that I could name another class, another subclass at all, as a purely flavor table built into the subclass. Mm-hmm. Um, so not a bad thing. It just was like, oh, wow, okay. I would actually like to see more of this. Like, I don't hate it. Uh, a trinket, basically a trinket table for subclasses isn't the worst idea I've ever heard. Yeah, uh, yeah. So. I, I, I find it kind of strange to me that this is called, I mean, with the flavor that they give it, you know, the, the way of mercy. Because it's not just mercy. You're, you're, you've got hand the, he, the hand of healing, you've got the hand of harm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like... It's a mercy kill, Troy. It, yeah, it yeah, <laughs> but it's it's also the whole concept of it is creepy. It is to me. It, it's I'm seeing like uh, somebody running around in like a Harlequin mask. Yep. Mm-hmm. Or it changing, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, they they reference plague doctors mm-hmm. in the in the flavor, but you've got the hand of healing, the hand of harm the physician's touch. And there's just, again, you don't have to play to exactly how it's written. You can flavor it how you want. And there's just all kinds of different potential in this subclass. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so there we have it. We did the huge, huge section of Tasha's. We have now covered all of chapter one and all of chapter two. And sometime in the nearest future, we'll cover at least one more session where we cover the rest of the book, um, what we what we felt stood out. Um, the next episode, though, will not be Tasha's. We're going to take a break from Tasha's, and we're going to do something else. So um, keep that keep an eye out for that. Um, yeah, I like I this this sort of a book was a long time coming. This this Xanathar's two. A lot of new player options, a lot of new ideas added to the game. I think there's a lot to pick from here. There's a lot to unravel. There's a lot that your players are going to find interesting. Um, Right now, having read as much as I've read of Tasha's, as much as we've discussed it, I think this is going to get just as much play as Xanathar's. I think this is a very reasonable, you know, knee-jerk purchase. Every time I get on Facebook, it seems, I see a post from the D&D Facebook group like, I bought the core books. What's my next book that I should own? And almost always the mm-hmm. answer is Xanathar's. Um, I think this book could be an arguable option, alternate for that. Like, if you wanted to pick this book up instead as your fourth book, especially as a player, I think you'd be right in doing so. Um, and other than the really weird beast barbarian that I think is probably broken from a combat mechanic standpoint, I don't see anything here that I find that I would not allow from a, like, you know, just awfulness of mechanics standpoint, right? Like, um, you got the swingy, the two barbarian paths that are kind of swingy one way and the other, but, but everything else I like. A lot, a lot, um, as, or I am okay with just because yeah, it doesn't tickle my fancy, but it might tickle yours. So very safe book for you to oh, yeah, pick definitely. up as a dungeon master and oh, yeah. turn your players Absolutely. loose on. I mean, there's definitely there's definitely sub subclasses I'd be like, eh, you probably wouldn't find a different one because mm-hmm. you know I don't want to try and figure out how to shoehorn it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, stuff. for sure. But, yeah, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to cover the rest uh, at another episode, but thanks for uh, hanging out with us through this. We'd love to hear um, your thoughts on any of these subclasses. You can message us or just post to our wall on Facebook. We'd love to start a discussion there. Um, oh, if you yeah, feel like we missed one or we you know, we should have been focusing on a key element of one of these, we'd love to hear your thoughts about that. Um, if you have something in Chapter 3 or Chapter 4, the Magical Miscellany or the Dungeon Master's Tools... Uh, of Tasha's that you really find interesting and would love to hear us talk more about it. If you'll send us a message here in the next week or so, um, or in the next few weeks, if you're tuning into this podcast, as soon as you can get them in, uh, we'll be sure to cover it because there's a lot of like noodly or, or not noodly, but like a lot of little things t- nestled into those. And my suspicion is that we won't end up covering every piece, but we'll be happy mm-hmm. to cover whatever, whatever you guys would like. Um, 
Uh, other than that, definitely, uh, like, we, like we've been saying, if you'll follow us on Facebook, not only will you see when we go live on Twitch and when we drop new podcast episodes, but you're going to see whenever we go to conventions or run virtual conventions, you'll see us there. Um, sometimes we do um, uh, call-outs for playtesting people or for people for new campaigns or one-shots and things. Um, so if you follow us on Facebook, you know, even shoot us a friend request individually, we'd be happy to get to know you in that sure. way as well. And uh, we'd love to have you a part of some of those games. Um, there's a, we do a lot um, besides the podcast that we'd love to involve you in, in, in those things as well. Um, I think at this point, I'm going to thank Troy and John for hanging out with me one more time. Um, appreciate you being in for the long haul. And uh, to everyone else, we'll see you next week. Have a good game, everybody. Take care, everybody.